Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. All right, it is a Tuesday live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and wherever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day on a Tuesday. One hour from now, the herd hierarchy, what to do with the Miami Dolphins. What a mess that was. <laughs> J-Mac, um, don't love them putting games on at the same time, but I will say, Watching Tommy DeVito and that story. (laughs) Brian Dayball and the Giants are on a heater on their third quarterback. What what is this, like the Jeremy Lin story part two? Like a comet hits the New York Giants and they're interested? This guy's not in the league in two years. Come on, bro. But let's talk about this. So quarterbacks get hurt all the time. And you have to use a backup quarterback. Sometimes, like San Francisco last year, you get to a third quarterback. Or this year, the New York Giants. You're on a third quarterback. That's the reality of the NFL. (laughs) Right? You know, even the great ones. Lamar Jackson's been banged up. Now Justin Herbert's out. Joe Burrow's out. Using a backup quarterback is a reality. Over 50 quarterbacks going to play this year. So Zach Wilson. Let's take the two New York teams. Zach Wilson is a number two pick. Big-time talent. Has a number one wide receiver, but he's got a defensive head coach. Now, he had a nice weekend this weekend, but his numbers on the year with a defensive coach because he was inserted into this lineup as a backup to Aaron Rodgers. 60% completion percentage, 78 passer rating, 7 touchdowns, 6 picks. Tommy DeVito, undrafted. 
is the third quarterback being used. He's a third stringer. May not be in the league in a couple years. No number one receiver with an offensive coach. 67% completion percentage. A passer rating at 106. Seven TDs, one pick. And last night, it's happening all over the league. The Colts, Cleveland. Cleveland's on their fourth. The Giants... A defensive coach has to use a backup. Disaster. Embarrassing. Man overboard. An offensive coach has to. Wins and productive. 11 of the 14 playoff teams this morning have an offensive head coach. Brian Dayball has won a game with three average quarterbacks. Maybe below average. Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and Tommy DeVito. Minnesota. Cleveland. Cincinnati. The Colts. All using backups and all viable. I mean, Danny, Tommy DeVito's on a heater. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Mike Tomlin, defensive coach, gets Mitch Trubisky, a first round pick, made the playoffs twice. Unwatchable. Mac Jones, first rounder. Bailey Zappi, New England. Unwatchable. Turn the TV off. Chargers hire a defensive coach. Justin Herbert has regressed. I mean, come on. The la Why is this happening? Because in the last 20 years of the NFL, it doesn't even look like it looked like 20 years ago. Offensive coaches are defined by their innovation. It's their life. It's their lifestyle. Constantly adapting, constantly evolving. That's what you have to do to survive and get better jobs as an offensive coach. There is no same old thing. It doesn't exist. You are judged against Shanahan and McVeigh. You're judged against offensive guys every week. You're not as smart, not as much motion, not as many bunch sets. You have to adapt or die as an offensive coach, and that's exactly what Brian Dayball has done this year. He's had complete, utter quarterback disruption. Doesn't matter. They don't have a number one receiver. Doesn't matter. The right tackle they loved. Didn't play. Doesn't matter. This is what offensive coaches do. San Francisco last year. Trey Lance played. Jimmy Garoppolo played. Brock Purdy played. They got to the NFC Championship. They may have won it. They just ran out of quarterbacks. I mean, they just ran out of quarterbacks. Sean McVay won a game last year. Baker Mayfield had one practice. Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell won a game this year with Josh Dobbs. They had no practices. You give a defensive coach... A backup quarterback situation, it is man overboard. Seattle right now, four-game losing streak. Steelers unwatchable. Patriots, ditto. Brian Dayball's got Tommy DeVito on a heater. And it's Dayball. It's Shanahan. It's McVay, Kevin Stefanski, Arthur Smith, Kevin O'Connell, Shane Steichen, Zach Taylor, time and time and time again. So you owners and GMs, take a good, hard look at last night. It is happening all over the league. Defensive players are getting bigger, stronger, more violent, right? Bigger, stronger collisions, faster collisions, more stars getting hurt. What side of the ball is your coach? Because he's going to have to go to a backup. Even the big guys. Herbert's now hurt. Lamar Jackson, the fast guys, he got hurt last two years. Matt Stafford, big, strong guy. He's been banged up. 
With an offensive coach, you can still be productive, you can flourish, you can be competitive. What Brian Dayball's doing is pretty remarkable. One with Daniel, one with Tyrod, winning with Tommy DeVito. You do not see that on the defensive side very often. You see it weekly in the NFL on the offensive side. What a fun game. Here's Brian Dayball after. Third game of over 100 quarterback rating. Made good decisions, took care of the ball, used them in a run game. Um, just keep developing him. He's, he's improving, still got stuff to work on, but earned the right to play today, and he earned the right to play um, the next week. You know, he's kid's done a good job. What was the conversation like uh, with Tommy you know, on the last drive, trying to keep his composure and stuff? Uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. He keeps his composure. There's really nothing. Here's a couple plays we like. Go out there and rip that son of a <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> I love that guy. All right, let's talk Miami Dolphins. I can't quit the Dolphins. You guys wonder why I don't trust the Dolphins. They're the spray tan of the NFL. Great briefly, then eventually disappear. I mean, it just cracks me up. But I still think they're a good team. Last night was a disaster. But they're 8-0 when Tyreek Hill has over 100 yards, and there's a lack of good corners in the NFL. So Tyreek Hill is going to have over 100 yards a lot. Last night he got banged up. They're 1-4 when he does it. But, I mean, Miami at home last night, this is why I have so much doubt about Miami, but I still can't quit them because they were even gifted two touchdowns by Tennessee. Not a very good team that hadn't won a road game. They muffed a punt by the Titans, just a mess. So you get a cheap one there, and then they, uh, that bad pitch play, you get another one. So Miami leads 27-13 with 430 left against a rookie second-round quarterback, a last-place team that doesn't have a road win. And they vomit all over themselves. <laughs> this is what Miami does. They're the flashiest offense in the NFL. It is an offensive league. They have the fastest receiver on the planet. They have a more-than-capable, accurate quarterback and a brilliant offensive coach. What am I supposed to do with last night? You don't think they're going to win the rest of the year? It's just why I've had so many doubts. They're the speedboat. Waters get a little rocky get on your life preserver. It's not going to be pretty. But I can't quit them because they're fast, they're unique, and they have matchup issues that, I mean, you just have to be honest here. Tyreek Hill, good, 8-0. and oh. And how many teams match up with them? I mean, the Jets have good corners. Denver's got a really good one. But there's a huge shortage in the NFL. A lot of GMs now around the NFL, they don't want to draft corners high. It doesn't matter anymore. You can't, you can't defend. You can't touch. You can't stop great receivers. So why waste a first, second round pick on a cornerback? I mean, the Dolphins are the perfect team for Miami. A lot of speed. A lot of, you know what I mean? A lot of flash. A lot of fun. Uh, they don't have a second pitch. Uh, the defense was not good at the end of the game, although Vic Fangio is a very good coordinator. The offense, though, let's be honest. You can blame the Miami defense, but they're spending their money on mostly offense, and so the offense has to get first downs, and this was a physical team in Tennessee, and they don't do terribly well against physical teams. I've seen it time and time again. But am I supposed to quit them? <laughs> I can't. I look at the AFC right now. I kind of like Kansas City. I really like Baltimore. I don't know what I get from Buffalo. And Miami can blow you out if, if they're a favorite. They got a little Dallas Cowboy feel to them without the defense and without the toughness. I mean, they vomited all over themselves. It happens. This, this is a long season. I mean, it was, you know, it's just crazy stuff happens. And that was crazy. 
But would you be shocked if they won a couple of playoff games? Not really. I wouldn't. AFC is not as good as I thought. I wouldn't. Last night was a disaster and probably a horrible night's sleep for their head coach. There's a lot of people that are going to be, uh, it's going to be tough to go to sleep tonight, including myself. So um, that, that, that's not something that you can do and expect to, um, uh, to win football games. And uh, you can't, uh, it's a hard, hard lesson, but no league safe. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's one of the tougher parts about it. They've got the right coach. They play in a great city. They've got a great weapon. The quarterback's more than capable. I still think they'll win a playoff game or two. It was just an awful four and a half minutes. It happens. What are you going to do? Eight and no when Tyreek Hill explodes. He does about every other week. I still think they win a bunch of games. This stuff happens in the National Football League. Love the coach. Love Tyreek Hill. Love so much about him. I just don't trust him. Uh, by the way, Ian Rappaport reporting Justin Herbert, Charger quarterback, out for the year. Surgery on a broken right finger. Will not play again. Uh, guaranteeing a lack of success and probably a coaching change. With I mean, you can say what you want about the Dolphins. Would you want to be the Chargers? They don't even have the right coach. The quarterback's hurt. Right? So it's like... You, you look if you're Miami this morning, you didn't sleep very well. There's a lot of teams in far worse shape. J-Mac, it was a crazy ending. But, uh, wait um, a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait. Miami Dolphins are going to win a couple playoff games, maybe, you said? Maybe? Are we sure they're getting to the playoffs? I'm going to read the schedule to you. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. They're home against the Jets this weekend. They're going to win. Well, is Tyreek Hill playing? I mean, he missed half the game last night. Ankle's going to swell up for sure. We'll see. <laughs> well, let's, let, that's a, let's slow I mean, down It looked that. bad, man. Uh, then they got the Cowboys, Colin. That's probably an L. Then they got at Baltimore in uh, New Year's Eve at Baltimore. Win, Is that win, an L Winnable. Rams should have beaten them. Winnable. What's the next one? And then they host the Buffalo Bills, who will be fighting for their playoff lives in Miami. Oh, yeah, that's a very that, negative. I mean, They could I, go 0-4 to end the season. Let's be realistic. It's not Tim Boyle out there starting quarterback anymore, okay? We got Zach Wilson. They could also go 4-0. No, stop it. I will take that bet. I'll give you odds if you want to. <laughs> they're not going for it. Against... Are they beating Dallas, Colin? Well, listen. This Tyreek Hill situation bears monitoring because they looked awful without him. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, and all the Tua fanboys. Yeah. There's a lot of Tua fanboys. Folks, he's completely dependent on that coach and that receiver. That's what Tua is. He is completely dependent on Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniel scheming up Tyreek Hill. Yeah. That's the offense. And you want to go pay Tua a lot of money in this offseason? You saw what he looked like without Tyreek Hill. And well, you've I know seen what he looks like. You've seen what he looks like with physical teams. That's you know Brock Purdy, let's be real. No, I mean, it's, a, it's a really good point. Brock Purdy, to me right now, I would take him over two in a heartbeat. Of course. I mean, Brock Purdy, he is uh, statistically the best quarterback well, in the league by every measure this but, season. Uh, but it, it, it's, uh, you know, again, I, I like Tua, but it, it's context. Basically, if you shut down Tyreek Hill, this team doesn't win games. I know Vrabel's a good coach, Colin, but that defense has been torched by everyone. Yeah. Everyone. And Tua could do nothing. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director Wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love, Mint, Straight, Wintergreen, Peach, even Blood Orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Well, welcome back. Green Bay faithful, kind of freaking out. Don't. This team is going to win its remaining four games. Green Bay is fine. Last night, we had said yesterday it was going to be a little choppy. First of all, Green Bay is the youngest team in the NFL. Big mood swings. Great halves, bad halves. It's what young teams do. Uh, also, they just beat the Super Bowl champs at home. They're feeling themselves. Uh, they go on the road. They're now a favorite. They're not surprising the Chiefs or surprising the Lions or upsetting the Chargers, right? A lot of people want Herbert over Love in that game. No, that's not that. They were a favorite last night on the road. Monday night football, total target. And so this is the growing pains of being a really young football team. I really like Green Bay. I think they're going to be fine. Jordan Love drives them down the field. Uh, you know, had one touchdown pass called back, had another touchdown pass. You know, he was inches and a foot down here and a foot down there from multiple uh, more touchdown passes. I thought Jordan Love did just fine. This is a really young team. You got fooled a little by him because the Chargers, oh, it ends up they're awful. And the Lions defense, oh, yeah, it's been reeling against everybody for the last month. And Kansas City's a good team. 
Uh, Green Bay got a bit of an officiating break at the end of the game, and the Chiefs have holes, and they're trying to figure out what they are. So that doesn't look quite as impressive as it did. But they're wins, and uh, the Packers, like a little puppy, you know, adorable at its best, turn your back, they chew up the couch. This is what they did last night. They go in there. You think they're a favorite. They got the better team. They're twitchy. They've got good receivers. I like what I see here. But they are 6-7 and seven for a reason. Growing pains. They were bad in October. Uh, the defense has had some great Sundays and Mondays. But then also last night, Tommy DeVito marched up and down the field in the second half. So I think Green Bay's really going to be fine. I really do. I really like Green Bay in their next four games. Tampa, they'll beat them. At Carolina, at Minnesota, I like those wins. And then Chicago, I think Green Bay goes 4-0, finishes the year 10-7. and And that would be unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers, first year. He sat three years like Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, first year, 6-10. and His first year as a starter. Jordan Love's first year as a starter. My prediction today, they'll go 10-7. and um, But I, I think this is the growing pains of a young team. They felt themselves a little. They got a little ahead of themselves. The Kansas City Charger, Detroit wins. When you look at the big picture now, not quite as impressive as you think. And they got caught napping a little, didn't play with a ton of pressure. I, did Tommy DeVito get sacked? He had time to throw. He's running around. They just got a little soft, and Matt LaFleur talked about it. Obviously, uh, extremely disappointed. Um, I think our team learned a valuable lesson in terms of you don't play your best. It doesn't matter who you're playing, where you're playing, and when you're playing. You're not going to win the game. We lost a turnover battle. Weren't good enough in, in situational ball, third down, red zone. This game's about execution, and we didn't execute to the best of our ability. Yeah, that's what happens with young teams. I'll say it again, though. I didn't like this team at all in October. Jordan Love has absolutely turned a corner. I love their tight end and young receiving talent. They are really fast and really twitchy, and they've got playmakers, and they've got speed everywhere. Their defense, to me, has been inconsistent, it feels like, the last three years. I, I just feel like that's the Green Bay defense. You get great Sundays and then bad Mondays. I don't know what to make of their defense. They've got a lot of first-rounders there. This is a good team. Not a great team. They're 6-7. and seven. They're a lot like the Rams. Rams aren't a great team, but the Rams could win a playoff game. The Packers could win a playoff game. Probably not two. But I think this is just part of growing pains for a young team. You go on the road, now you're a favorite, feeling yourself, and don't play very well. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So, uh, you know, this Shohei Otani situation is really interesting. So, for years and years, from 1999 to 2013, the Yankees had the highest opening day payroll. And baseball celebrated it. I mean, I worked at ESPN at the time. For some of those years, oh, everybody loved it. Baseball is Red Sox-Yankees. They celebrate the Subway World Series. Now the Yankees don't have the most money. The Dodgers do. They charge the most for beer. They average 10,000 more fans per game, and those aren't cheap tickets. 10,000 more fans per game than the second best attended baseball team. The Dodgers are the baseball's biggest bank. What they did with Otani deferring his payments, it was legal. He wanted to win. He didn't in Anaheim. It was his choice. So Los Angeles is a really good place for baseball's biggest star. This is what Los Angeles does. I mean, think about how big New York is. There's only two sports stars in the city, Aaron Judge and Aaron Rodgers, and one of them's past his prime and hurt. Chicago doesn't even have one. Sorry, Zach Levine doesn't count. 
In Los Angeles, we've got over 20. Our college football quarterback, Caleb Williams, is all over commercials. As sports and entertainment have merged in North America and globally, Los Angeles is an incredibly attractive city. The most attractive city. They market, they promote, they get you on television. It is a great place. The Yankees dominated the offseason and acquisitions for years. Now the Dodgers do. And, and it's not just in baseball. The Clippers have four stars. The Lakers have two. That's just the way it works. LeBron chose the Lakers. At the time, they were a poorly run mess of a franchise. His net worth within three years doubled. He is worth a billion dollars now. You're not doing that in Cleveland. Otani is perfect. This is a perfect deal. He is a superstar. It is a brilliantly run winning franchise in a city that knows how to market. Perfect symmetry. One, two, and three. A star in the right city and a great organization surrounding him with stars. Right? Deferring payment so they can add more stars. If this was a Cincinnati or a Kansas City, it'd be a triple-A roster and one giant chandelier in the middle of the mansion. This is the way it should work, and nobody complained when the Yankees had the Yes Network $400 million a year cable network advantage and nobody could compete. At that time, with the Yankees' history, that was the best place for stars. And now the Dodgers are. Perfect. Great franchise, great player, and a city that knows how to market. Three for three. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. Why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. America's Game of the Week. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys take on Josh Allen and the Bills. Check for the games in your area. Sunday on Fox. You were right. That is the bet of the week. Buffalo at home, minus two and a half. Not much longer. <laughs> yeah, it's moving up now. Wait, it's up to two and a half. It was when I saw it yesterday. them yesterday when I was grilling you on this. No, it's the audience a, needs to tune in every day, Colin. There's no way around. <laughs> so uh, there, it's actually, there's been some really, it's a, it's a favorite week. There's some interesting favorites mm-hmm. this week. Also, if you notice, I, I've, I've, we've both had, I've had three straight winning weeks. One of the things I've leaned on, and it's becoming harder and harder, is just take an elite quarterback in these close games. Now, I didn't last week. I took Flacco over uh, Trevor Lawrence because I didn't think he would play. So it would have burned me if I would have taken Trevor Lawrence. But is I, I'm, I'm getting to a point now where I'm just trusting the quarterback or the offensive coach. Like, I'm watching some of these defensive coaches. These offenses with backup quarterbacks can't pick up first down. Well, Vrabel last night, defensive coach, was pretty darn good against Tua. I mean, I, I'm still mystified. I had Dolphins last night in the contest, gave it out here on the show. I, I'm stunned. Okay, so I'm going to give you something that's uh, kind of shocking. So uh, I don't understand quite why. I guess we do this all the time. Why isn't Kyle Shanahan the favorite to win Coach of the Year? 
He crushed Mike McCarthy in Dallas, and Mike's had a great year. He crushed Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. They blew past McVay and the Rams, a, a better-than-you-think team and a coach having a great year. And he's in first place with Brock Purdy going away. So everybody goes, D'Amico Ryans. Well, they're 7-6 and six and lost to the Jets and the Panthers, so let's slow down. And I like D'Amico Ryans. Well, what about Dan Campbell? The Lions are completely reeling. They do not look well-coached defensively. What about Shane Steichen? Deserves credit, but they're 7-6. and six. So one of the things that McVeigh and Shanahan have to deal with a lot is replacing great assistants. Shanahan never gets credit for that. Robert Sala, great assistant. D'Amico Ryans, great assistant. Mike McDaniel, great assistant. You know, nobody ever considers that. He has constantly got to replace not just a coordinator, but an elite coordinator, an elite assistant. And that's really hard. The second thing is, you think there's so much stability with this offense. He's had six different starting quarterbacks. <laughs> and he just keeps winning. So, you know, if you, if you start, we, we tend to not, we just don't give him credit for, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Great player, easily the best he's ever been. George Kittle, fifth rounder. The backups are effective. But here's a stat to blow you away. San Francisco, because you ever watch a Niners game and you wonder, why is everybody so wide open? Because Shanahan is manipulating and fooling and out-scheming even good coaches. Think about this. San Francisco averages the fewest passes per game in the NFL, and yet their quarterback is now in the running for MVP. That, my friends, is called coaching. That is called efficiency. So the San Francisco 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, think about this, are third in the NFL in passing yards with the fewest pass attempts. Nobody throws it less. And only two teams get more air yards or, or passing yards. That's because they fool people. And they get so many yards per completion. And we spend so much time kind of discussing like the, the nuance of the Niners uh, we don't just admit they are profoundly dynamic, more efficient than anybody in the league. Miami is like a really poor man San Francisco. They got a lot of clever, but they don't have the players outside of Tyreek Hill to pull it off. Um, I, I don't know why we can't acknowledge. Shanahan and McVay are constantly, they're, they're, they're getting poached constantly for assistance. Some of those assistants work. Some Brandon Staley chargers don't. But nonetheless really, really high-end assistants get poached regularly. Same for Andy Reid through the years, and Andy Reid just keeps winning. Philadelphia, Kansas City just keeps winning. So, you know, this, I, I went this morning to look at the odds for Coach of the Year, and it's like, what Shanahan's doing with Brock Purdy, do you think Brock Purdy would be doing this with Mike Tomlin or Pete Carroll? Do you think he'd be doing it with all these? I mean, he, as good as Shane Steichen is. So, um, and I'm, I'm not in any way denying that they've got a lot to work with here. And John Lynch won Executive of the Year a couple of years ago. They got a stacked roster. But, I mean, Jennings is a six-rounder. Kittle, by the way, is a fifth-rounder. They had to give up a lot, a lot of draft picks, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth to get Christian McCaffrey. Trent Williams has started, been hurt. They gave up McGlinchey the right tackle. So they've had some moves they've had to make. And um, Shanahan just makes it work. I, I think the other guy you have to consider 
And it may be unpopular because people just don't, for some reason, uh, Russell Wilson is highly polarizing. Sean Payton's had an unbelievable year of coaching. When you look at how, look at all the things that Sean Payton had to correct. They got to fix Russ. They had to fix uh, the defense in September was a mess. They had new coaches up and down. Uh, they had to, they had to go fix the offensive line. Sean Payton's had like three or four heavy lifts. And Kyle Shanahan with Brock Purdy has blown out the Cowboys, has blown out Philadelphia, has blown out a pretty good Rams team. I don't know why he's not a favorite uh, to be coach of the year. You become a victim of yourself. Phil Jackson did not win a lot of coach of the year awards, uh, you know, because the standard's so high. Well, it's Phil. I got news for you. Shaq and Kobe, pre-Phil, were young, made a lot of mistakes, and weren't winning big playoff series. Phil got there. A year later, they were winning championships. Now, I know Kobe was young and Shaq was young, but there's a reality to it. If you go watch that Michael Jordan 10-part uh, documentary, Phil Jackson came off as the smartest guy in the room in that. He came off as the smartest guy. You had a GM that resented some of the players. You had a cheap owner. You had Michael Jordan was young and shooting too much, and Scottie Pippen was a two but kind of wanted to be a one. And you had crazy Dennis Rodman, and the coach pulled it all together. Sean Payton has pulled it all together. Trey Lance, go look at these franchises who draft a first-round quarterback, and it's a bust. It doesn't look like San Francisco. He just pulls it all together. So I'm, I'm just saying, when you can be third in the NFL in total passing yards and you pass the ball less than anybody else with Brock Purdy, and it's not considered a great O-line. They have a great left tackle. It's not considered a great O-line. But when you watch Niner games, look how wide open people are regularly. That's what coaching looks like. Nick Wright, next hour, herd hierarchy, top of next hour. I, you know, Jimmy Johnson will also stop by today. You know, I was sitting there, I read about six different articles on Shohei Otani. And it is interesting, there was a lot of pushback on all the deferred payment stuff. By the way, that was Otani's idea, and he would have done that with anybody that signed him. So, like, that was his thing. If you live in California and you there's you don't have to pay the taxes uh, after a certain point, uh, it's where you live, not where you earn the money. After Like, after 10 years, if you defer it 10 years past, I think, your retirement. So, there was a lot of pushback on Otani. Don't blame the Dodgers for being very, very smart. <laughs> right? Like, the Warriors came up with the three-ball revolution. Yep. They were smarter than you. The Sixers were just drafting the biggest player available for seven years. The Warriors went the opposite. They went small ball. Chip Kelly, no huddles. Now everybody has no huddles. Don't blame people for being smarter. The Dodgers, and don't just say it's money because New York sports teams now have tons of money and they're all hot garbage. It's not just money. There's a lot of franchises with money that can't win. Teams in D.C. forever have had big money and can't win. Hour two next. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic. 
Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1800 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even Blood Orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Third hierarchy. Time is now. Let's go. The top 10 NFL teams according to college. Number 10. Listen, what do you want me to do with Detroit? They're reeling. They're still 9-4, and four, and they still have the number three offense in the league. What do you want me to do? Bail on them? Um, I like Jared Goff. I think their offensive line's excellent. They can run the football. They've gotten very turnover prone in the last three to four weeks, and that's an issue. I do not think they're a great team, but they are 8-1 and one when they allow 28 or fewer. Now, they're not doing that much lately, but I think Chicago, I think they bounce back and play a very, very good football game uh, against Denver. I got them at 10. Number 9. Miami, what do you want me to do? It's an offensive league. They're 8-0 when Tyreek Hill has over 100 yards. And we've got a lack of corners in the NFL, so he's going to have over 100 yards several times before the end of the season. They're the number one offense and the number one passing offense. I love Tyreek. I love their coach. I like Tua. 
I thought their defense last night at the end of the game was not very good, but I can't bail on, even though they're the the, the tanning salon of the NFL, great briefly and then disappear, I'm going to stick with Miami at nine. Number eight. I think the Rams are underrated. First team to lead the Ravens in the fourth quarter of the season. To, to, to take, you know, they had a lead, right? Hold a lead. Um, I think their offense is playing well. I think McVay's having one of his best seasons. I think Stafford now is mostly healthy. Cooper Cup never is. But Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, the running back, I think it's a really good offense. The defense is Aaron Donald, who gets double and triple teamed, and a bunch of kids, but their draft picks have hit. I don't think this team, it would not shock me if they won a playoff game. Matt Stafford leads the NFL with 10 touchdowns over the last three games. He's getting good protection. And he is playing great football. Most underrated team in the league is the Rams. I have them at eight. Number seven. I mean, Kevin Stefanski deserves credit. Cleveland at seven. They've used four different quarterbacks. I can't believe how good Joe Flacco is. <laughs> I can't believe it. He was on the couch. They're three and one against teams that currently lead their division. It's a really good football team. Now, with Joe Flacco, there's a ceiling. There's an offensive ceiling. But, I mean, if you watch that Jaguars game, they push those guys around for three quarters. Cleveland at seven. Number six. Listen, Philadelphia's getting beat badly, but at least it's by the Niners in Dallas. They're not losing the schlubs. This is a good football team that's got some fatigue. They play the Cowboys, and then the Chiefs, and then the Niners, and then the Bills, and then the Cowboys. And now they get a Monday night game, Seahawks, a bit of a break. I still think... Their defense has gotten exposed, but I also think huge snap counts in some of these games. Their defense is on the field too much because the offense is struggling. I think they right the ship starting with Seattle next week. Number five. Buffalo. You know, listen, again, what am I supposed to do? They have arguably the best athlete in the world playing quarterback, and they are 7-0 after a bye with Sean McDermott, who I've been highly critical of. I don't like the fact that Gabe Davis didn't have any catches. I don't like the fact they don't have a consistent run game. But, I mean, Josh Allen leads the NFL in total yards. It's just they're productive. He is a playmaker. And I, I, you, you get to this point in the season, you can't bury teams because they have a bad Sunday. I get Josh Allen. You've always got a chance with Josh Allen. Number four. Kansas City. Yes, they've lost three of four. What do you want me to do? I think Rasheed Rice has now established himself as a number one ride receiver. He's a kid, but he's good. Uh, the defense is going to get healthier. Listen, they're a toe-off sides from beating Buffalo. They're a bad call against Green Bay from potentially tying it up. It is a young team. There are growing pains, but they've got a very easy schedule going forward. Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers, who now don't have Justin Herbert. Remember, Brady's Super Bowl in Tampa. Remember down the stretch, they got a scheduling break. They got some momentum, created some inertia. I think Kansas City's fine. And you know I always think the final four teams can win the Super Bowl. Number three. Baltimore, I move them up a spot. They didn't play particularly great against the Rams, but some of that is the Rams. Number one rushing offense. There's a lot to like about this team. I, I think Lamar Jackson has become a much better situational passer and much more patient than anybody wants to give him credit for. Uh, Flowers is a wildly entertaining and talented speed guy on the outside. I like the organization. I like Harbaugh. Their defense allows less than 18 points a game. I think Baltimore is a really good team and will end up in the AFC Championship. Number two. Dallas. 
Never really loved Dallas. There's Now they got a great kicker, so that takes some of my concerns about situational football and Mike McCarthy away. Send him out to kick a 58-yarder. That really is a, that's a real deal there in Dallas. That takes away a lot of those go-for-it, not-go-for-it moments. Just send the kicker out and get three points. They're, and I also think their offensive line is a mix of old and new. Their receiving core, old and new. Uh, there's a lot to like. I think since the bye, they've been a different football team. you got to give Mike McCarthy credit, and I've always liked Dak, never loved him. This year, I love him. Number one. I mean, what are we talking about? They're 17-0 are the Niners when Purdy, McCaffrey, and Debo are healthy, including the playoffs. 17-0. It is easily the best roster. And Purdy now in his second year of starting games has grown. Uh, there's not a lot of criticisms here. I, there's, there really isn't. I've even had to acknowledge with Brock Purdy, he makes too many big-time throws to not be considered a franchise quarterback. And they just don't lose games. I'm going to tell you something. I, I think it's remarkable that they have attempted the fewest passes in the NFL and are third in passing yards. They are hyper-efficient with playmakers everywhere, and when they're healthy, cross your fingers, because blowouts ensue. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Tom Brady throw his iPad and scream at coaches. I've seen Peyton Manning yell at Jeff Saturday, and I've seen... Patrick Mahomes scream at Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid and the officials, and I'm okay with all of it. It's sports. It's competitive. It's on TV. It's passionate. There's a lot of this stuff that went on for years. We just didn't have as many cameras. I'm okay with it. Here's Patrick Mahomes kind of stepping back off his moment of frustration after the game with Josh Allen and with the officials. I care, man. I love it. I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. But obviously, can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. So I probably regret acting like that. But more than anything, I regretted the way I acted towards Josh after the game because he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, he was upset. They got hosed the week before on a, uh, a pass interference call that wasn't called. The Packer fans, they did. It was a terrible call. <laughs> probably the worst call of the season. Uh, this one, as Nick Wright pointed out earlier, Kadarius Tony had been offsides multiple times. They never called it until the end, at least be consistent. So, like, I get it. People get frustrated. The thing is, though, they can't bail on Kadarius Tony because they need him. After Rasheed Rice, he's their most explosive receiver. And Travis Kelsey is seemingly limping at some point in every game. So they, they can't move that. They have an issue. They're trying to solve it. I think they're getting closer. But it's an imperfect team. The margins have been shrinking. Andy Reid talked about Kadarius Tony. They can't give up on him. Normally, he looks over to the sideline and just gets an okay. Um, and on that one, he just happened not to. So that would be the coaching point. Just make sure you check. Make sure you check with the guy on the on the side just to see if you're aligned. I mean, he's not lining up offsides on purpose. He makes plays when he has the ball in his hand, and um, and that. That that's the important part. He's a young guy. I mean, he, this is he doesn't have it. He's not coming to us with a ton of experience. So, um, but I think he's getting better uh, every week. They're fine. I don't trust the Jags. Last night, I don't trust Miami. I don't trust Buffalo. <laughs> I trust Baltimore right now and Kansas City eventually to figure it out. 
So I think Baltimore and Kansas City are going to meet in the AFC Championship. I don't think it's a Super Bowl winning year. I think it is potentially for Dallas and San Francisco and maybe Baltimore. But I think Kansas City, you know, Den- right now, Dallas is really good. Baltimore is really good. And the Niners are really good. And the Chiefs are trying to figure some stuff out to get to really good. And I think that's a pretty easy way to describe this league. We have three really good teams. Dallas, Niners, Baltimore. And then one team that could potentially be very good, probably not this year, trying to figure it out. But I think we have a top three that's indisputable. Whatever order you want to go. Niners, Cowboys, Ravens. All I'm saying is if I have to pick a fourth team in the entire league, I'm going to trust Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kelsey, and the GM. I trust their history in big spots to figure out problems and create solutions. Three teams are good enough to win today. Kansas City, I think, will be good enough to get there, but I don't think they can beat the Niners and Cowboys. I kind of feel the same way about Philadelphia. The difference is I think Mahomes is better than Jalen Hurts, and I do think Reed's better than Nick Sirianni. So at some point, Philly and Kansas City are very similar, right? Like Kansas City eventually has the better defense. It's banged up right now. But the O-line for Kansas City, Mahomes doesn't trust. The receivers don't trust. But I think the top of the league is very, very clear right now. Three really, really elite teams. And then I just trust Kansas City more than everybody else. That's an interesting take because the Niners and the Cowboys have quarterbacks who haven't proven anything in the postseason yet. Anything. Dak has how many playoff wins? Like, I don't know. This idea that they have great quarterbacks. Mm, Dak's pretty good. Up for pretty good this season. Jimmy Johnson, around the corner. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Great to have you in. We were just talking about Jimmy Johnson, who had a prolific career, but it was only five years in Dallas and four in Miami, so he made it work in very short time. He did not waste his, his reps. Uh, uh, the Hall of Famer, Fox Sports analyst, two-time Super Bowl champ, national champ in college, Jimmy Johnson joining us. So I want you to go back to your career. Um, Sean Payton this year had one of those humiliating losses, and it really was a, it really helped them galvanize it, start over, and just kind of throw some junk out. Uh, last night's Miami loss, and you know the Dolphins well, that's a disaster. Are there? Did you have a moment in your career where you took a terrible Sunday or Monday, and it actually six weeks later was a real moment of clarity? I, I, I think I, I don't know that I can remember one particular game. Um, obviously, my first year in Dallas, we made lots of changes, and that's kind of what Sean did after the devastating loss against the Dolphins. You know, he made uh, three or four personnel decisions. Uh, on defense, yeah. uh, they changed their style of defense. He knew that he was going to have to run the football to protect the defense and to protect Russell Wilson. And so they made some changes. And, you know, we were so bad in Dallas when I went there, we made changes on a <laughs> weekly basis on both sides of the ball. <laughs> you know, with Tua, there is something that's pretty clear. Um, when Tyreek Hill has over 100 yards, they're 8 no. When he doesn't, they're 1-4, and 1-5. And I've said this, he's one of the harder guys for me to figure out what to do with financially. I like him. He he reminds me a little bit of Drew Brees. I think he's a good kid. I think he's accurate, and he works in that system. 
What is the future here, though, Jimmy? What do you do? The concussion concerns, the lack of size. What do you do with Tua going forward? Well, you know, I, I think he's a franchise quarterback, and, and he's got a great touch on the ball. He's extremely accurate. Uh, you just got to make sure you've got the bright players around him. Um, you've got to protect him, obviously, but he gets rid of the football, and uh, you know, really, with their coaching style, you know, they're not going to let him hold the ball very long. Right. But I, I think more than Tua, I, I think it tells you the importance of Tyreek Hill. With Tyreek Hill there, um, that defense, you know, they've got to back off of him. Uh, I don't know that you can cover him deep. I don't care how deep you get. He's going to get behind you. Yeah. Uh, and he makes explosive plays. So I, I think the importance of Tyreek Hill is uh, what your concern is, not Tua. Uh, interesting. So uh, Mike McCarthy took a little bit of a beating in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Aaron would, pro- you know, Aaron can be—I I wouldn't say difficult to coach, but there's some challenges with Aaron. And now I've watched McCarthy. I got new information, Jimmy. I've watched him for a second time build a heck of an offense. I've never seen Dak play this well. Uh, the offensive lines really come together. How would you describe? Um, you know, situationally, you had a great reputation. How would you describe Mike McCarthy if I'd never seen him coach and he had to have a paragraph on what he does? Uh, yeah, Mike came down and spent some time with me on the boat uh, this offseason, and I was really impressed with him. I, I, the thing that he's got uh, Dak Prescott doing right now, he's got him throwing on the ball on rhythm. If you look at Prescott, the negative plays he's had over the years, it's whenever he's got – you know, out of sync, uh, off rhythm. You know, now sometimes he'll pick up a big first down running the football. Uh, but when he gets out of rhythm, that's where he's had his problems, his interceptions and his sacks. Uh, Mike's got him throwing on rhythm. I mean, you look at the big plays they've made, uh, that ball is out of there. Yep. And, and that's the thing that Mike's doing. Uh, I, I actually even talked to Jerry Jones uh, a little bit about Mike, you know, you know, Jerry asked me about Mike calling plays. I said, well, you know, that's a lot on his plate. And uh, he said, well, the thing about it, Schottenheimer is really helping Mike on some of those time management situations. Because if you're calling plays, you're thinking score, score, score. And sometimes you lose track of time management. Uh, so between Schottenheimer and McCarthy, uh, I think they're doing a good job. But the number one thing, he's got Dak Prescott throwing the ball on rhythm. That's why Dak's playing so well. You were known as somebody that was, um, you made your mark in personnel as a college recruiter and the biggest trade at the time in NFL history. So did the entire league miss on Brock Purdy, or is it just environment? What do you see? I think it's a combination of all, and maybe that's a cop-out as far as uh, an answer. But you look at Brian Greasy recruited, or actually Brian Greasy was doing television, and the Iowa State coaches told Brian Greasy that, you know, Brock Purdy turned their program around. Uh, he's a great competitor, a winner, uh, had talent. And after the draft, after he was taken last in the draft, he went to a, a pitching coach, a quarterback coach, uh, 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 Winfield or whatever, I, I forget his name. But he in- increased his uh, arm strength and his speed, his velocity of the ball five miles an hour. Uh, and so when you see him throwing the ball the way he does now, he is as accurate a passer as there is in the league. Yeah. So back to my cop-out, I think it's it's a combination of Purdy is a great 
you know, competitor. He's got great accuracy. He's got velocity on the football, and he's surrounded by talent, and he's got a great offensive coach. You know, I asked you one time, Jimmy, I said, what is um, – What's the first most important thing in coaching? And you said, Colin, you got to have smart players. Otherwise, they won't take to yeah. coaching. And I, Katarius Tony's really talented, but he lines up offsides, and it wasn't the only time. But Kansas City, he is twitchy. He is dynamic. And frankly, Jimmy, they need him. They need him to make plays, I think. Would this drive you crazy? How would you handle it if you had a player that you kind of needed, but he could drive you nuts with drops, lining up offside? Where do you go with it? Well, I'll tell you what I used to tell the team. If you're a running back and you gain 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, and you fumble, you're not going to play. I'm going to play the guy that gained, he gains four yards, four yards, four yards, and he protects the ball. Uh, if you continually make mistakes, you know, Colin, you know, I've said it a million times, and, and all my Bucks cohorts, they laugh about it. But it's not who makes the most great plays to have success in the NFL. It's who makes the fewest bad plays. <laughs> and if you've got players on the field that, that are making losing plays, you're going to lose games. I'd much rather uh, have players that did not make mistakes, but yet they weren't as flashy and didn't make as many great plays. Uh, so mistakes is what kills you. And, hey, you know, I know Kansas City screaming and hollering about him being offside, but that is a rule. You're yeah. supposed to be onside. Yeah. Would you? By the way, f further point on that. Usually, a, uh, um, not that I have a problem with it. If you're in motion, I understand it, or a late hit. But this is sort of an instructive thing. Do you think officials should ever be instructive and just say, "Guys, get back," or is that just up to the coaches and players? A lot of times the official, you know, you'll see the receivers, they'll look over at the official and they'll point at him up or back. And so a lot of the times, you know, the officials will help them, you know, saying they back it up a little bit or, you know, you know so, you know, they can't tell them how to line up. Uh, but they will, you know, they will actually okay if he's asking the official. He's saying, am I okay here? Yeah. You know? And so the only thing is you just can't line up off sides. That's no different than defensive tackle lining up off sides. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, you can't, you can't scream and holler about it. It's a mistake. You yeah. just don't do it. Uh, and you talk about the motion penalty. Hey, that's coaching, Colin. You know, that's coaching as far as lining up on sides on the practices. You know, if a guy's fudging a little bit and he's getting too close, hey, hey listen, you're pressing it. Get back. Yeah. You know, don't, don't try to force the issue. So, December 30th, halftime, Cowboys-Lions, you're going to be inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. So, Jerry Jones, and we've all known this for years, we're like, Jerry, <laughs> get Jimmy in there. <laughs> he understands your value. But you know what's interesting is I think you understand that Jerry Jones had some value. When you guys started out, people forget this. Uh, Jimmy was out there hustling <laughs> around town to pay bills. Go back to the first couple of years when the football team was bad and Jerry didn't have a lot of money because he, he spent it on the Cowboys. <laughs> Do you look back now and kind of laugh at some of that stuff and how wild and crazy it was? You know, you're exactly right. Jerry was spending his time trying to pay the bills. I mean, the Cowboys were losing millions of dollars and, and Jerry borrowed money to buy the Cowboys. And so... You know, he was spending his time doing that. And, of course, I was spending my time trying to get out of 1 in 15. <laughs> and and here's the thing that uh, 
that, that people don't understand. You know, Jerry and I talked every day, uh, the, especially the first two or three or four years until after we won the first Super Bowl. Uh, but when we stopped talking every day, uh, that's when we started having some problems. Yeah. But, you know, Jerry and I really never had any disagreements. Uh, you know, I'd go in and say, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And he'd say, hey, yeah, that's great. I like it. You know, and so uh, we were on the same page for a long time in building those Super Bowl teams. Great seeing you. He changed his shirt for us. See, he, he went out there. <laughs> well, hey, like I said before, I do, I've been doing supervising with the electricians, the plumbers, and the guy fixing the boat lift. So I had a work shirt on. All right. Well, you look great. As always, love having you on the show, Jimmy. I can't wait for Lions, Cowboys, and you get an inducted in. It's going to be a great moment for all of us uh, at Fox. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. All right. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Decovis store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Decovis.com. Stores are great. But it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.